Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Not about the consumerism, it's not about how many um, presents you have under the tree, it's not about the great food that we enjoy, yes we do, but ultimately it is about Jesus Christ. Over the series of the gifts, we aim to tell the Christmas story from the perspective of the wise men. How they pursue a star in search of King Herod's demands, wondering who Jesus is. And then they find themselves in wonder of a saviour wrapped in a manger. These men were wandering to wonder. In Matthew 2, let's set this up. We're going to read a portion of Scripture. So Matthew 2, verse 1 to 12. If you have your Bibles in front of you, pull them out or your phone. If not, it will be up here on the screen on the gigantic um, Bible. So now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will, be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly heard, and he called the wise men, determined, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So the wise men in tradition, even in the Christmas carols, we sing about the three wise men, don't we? And I'm sorry I'm going to dismantle that. There wasn't just three wise men. We often think it was just three wise men because of the three gifts that were presented to Jesus at his birth. But it was a wise men, a group of wise men travelling to worship the one born King of the Jews. In verse 10, it says this, When they saw the star, they rejoiced. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented the gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Today when a baby is born and there are some expecting parents in this room today for 2023, often we give the gifts of nappies, 
wipes, cute little outfits that get you a little bit clucky. We, I don't know, did anyone receive the gift of the snot sucker? Hands up, did you get that gift? Very practical gift indeed. Or we often give meals or flowers and um, lots of chocolate because parents need chocolate to get through. But they, that's the gifts that you expect to give an expecting mother. But Jesus, Mary, she got gold, myrrh and frankincense. So over these three weeks, we're going to look at each of those gifts and, how they, and what they reveal to us about Jesus. We're going to talk about the gold and how that represents King, our King Jesus, the myrrh, a suffering servant and frankincense, the lamb. Um, growing up, well, my son growing up, he had a bit of some health issues and often I would put in his room the different diffuser and essential oils just to help him at night because he'd be coughing and he had to have a, a puffer at one stage just to get him through. So for me, I'm like, fantastic. I was a little bit delayed to understanding what essential oils were, but I started to put them in his room and it would help him ease at night time that much better. So just so you know, I'm not a saleswoman. I'm not going to be at the back selling essential oils at the end, um, but I do know a lady. Um, but essential oils had these benefits. Frankincense, which I didn't realise, had incredible benefits. It's a proven antiseptic, an anti-inflammatory, helps with the digestive system, is a sedative, helps with chronic coughs and is used to soothe wounds and sores. So the gift of frankincense, yes, it was a very practical and a very expensive gift. But additionally, which was so interesting as I was reading about it, it is used by the traditions of the priest. So this gift one was a very practical gift, but it also was a spiritual gift and what it represented. See, the priest in those times and tradition would use it as a fragrant offering to our God. It would symbolise, as it was burnt, a smoke, air up into the sky as it rose up into the air, a symbolised prayer. So Bible scholars say that frankincense symbolises the priestly nature of Jesus he is the high priest. So whether the, the wise men knew or not, but as they gave the frankincense gift to Mary, to Jesus, they were giving it as a prophetic declaration of who this baby was and to be the high priest. So what were the functions of a priest? The priest, they represented the people to God. The priest, they made the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. The priest, they prayed on behalf of the people to God. See, Jesus Christ, he came to earth as a baby, not just so that we can sing these beautiful Christmas songs about baby Jesus in the lead up to Christmas, but Christ came to earth so he could restore relationship to him with all of mankind. Jesus Christ, he is greater than any other priest that was or is. Jesus Christ came to the earth as the sacrifice, as the sacrificial lamb for all of our sins. If we think about all of the sins from present day, I'm sure 
Some of us would have sinned even on the way to church, all the way to Adam and Eve. He came as a sacrificial lamb for all of sin. See, sin is not this popular concept anymore. Often in today, we're like, who can tell me what I can or cannot do? If it feels good, I'm going to do it. We even use it in the lead up to Christmas to scare our children. Hey, if you keep being naughty, you're going to go on the bad list. That elf is watching you at night. What is he up to? Even the elf is up to mischief, isn't he, at night? Um, But we use it as a scare tactic. But sin is sin. And we need a saviour, we need a redeemer, we need a lamb to come and restore mankind's relationship to Heavenly Father. See, if we don't understand the holiness of God, we will always have this casual approach to sin. The casual approach of, it's okay, it's nothing, no one saw me, what effects is it going to have on anyone else? It's no harm. It's okay. Yes, I know I sinned, but I'm just going to repent and then I'm going to do it again. It's okay. And we have this casual approach. But if we truly knew and saw God in all of his holiness, maybe we would fear the Lord and not choose to do some things. See, Jesus Christ is holy. He is set apart. He is blameless. He is perfect. He is flawless. He is pure. Now, holiness is not just one of his attributes. It is who he is. He is power holy. He is mercy holy. He is justice holy. It is who he is, perfect in all his ways. He is perfect, we are not. All have sinned, yet he never did, but yet he paid the price. God hates sin. Why does he hate it? Why? Because it separates us from him. But Jesus Christ restores and he pays the price for all sins. Okay, who here? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever told a lie? If you just said no, mate, well, you're lying. (laughs) Have you ever told a lie and deceived someone that you love? Have you ever experimented with smoking or drinking or gambling or drugs? And as you've experimented, maybe that's turned into an addiction. And over time, that's robbed your life and often those that are around you. Have you ever been critical? You know, you've walked in and you've done the, you know. Ever been judgmental? Have you gossiped? Have you ever lost your temper? There seems some, yep. (laughs) Have you ever looked at something again after you shouldn't have looked at it the first time anyway? Maybe something from these lists I'm sure every person in this room could identify with and say, yes, yeah, I've done that. And do you know what? That is sin. But God sent 
His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, for you. He sent His Son for me. He sent His Son for all of Mandra, for all of Australia, for all of mankind. So the holiness of Christ Jesus covers and washes away the sinfulness of mankind. See, in the Old Testament, the priest would make a sacrifice once a year. So once a year, they'd make this sacrifice as atonement for sin. They would sacrifice these animals, these innocent, young, baby animals on a, on a tabernacle, in the tabernacle. See, the tabernacle was the place of the Holy of Holies where only the priest could go. So they would sacrifice these animals. They would burn the incense of, of frankincense, frankincense, not Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> They'd burn the incense, frankincense, representing the prayers to the people. Then the, then the priests, they would sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice of the innocent animal on the mercy seat. And it seems a little bit extreme and it seems a little bit gross that they would do that to these innocent animals. But a sacrifice was needed for the atonement of sin. But then in Hebrews 10, verse 10, it says this. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. See, under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sin. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin, good for all time. I'm going to say it again, good for all time. Can we give a clap to our Lord this morning for good for all time? See, Jesus the high priest paid the price for our sins. He was the innocent lamb that was sacrificed for the atonement of sin. See, he's not just a temporary fix, but he is a permanent removal. In Hebrews 4.14, it says this, So then, since we have this great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believed. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. I'm going to invite the um, keys or guitar to come up um, now as we come to a close. But Jesus, Christ, he understands all of our weaknesses. He relates, he relates to all our different trials. He sympathises with all of our pain. He understands even what you're going through this very moment. See, to approach God, we don't have to cower and come with this like, oh, woe is me. We don't have to approach Him formally and give Him the bow or, or the curtsy. But we can come boldly. We can come with confidence. We can come with assurance that we are loved and we are welcome. So let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God today. As a parent, I am pretty sure that my children know that they can approach me confidently at any time. Sometimes it's an inconvenient time of 2.30am. 
but they know that they can come. So for some reason, as a mum, you just seem to be awake when you, your kids wake and you can hear the, the, the pitter-patter of the feet. It's not a pitter-patter anymore because he's eight. It's like a stomp, stomp, stomp. And I'll be like, just come in slowly. <laughs> but he has the confidence that he can approach his parents. I know my other children, I know they can come confidently to approach me or Marty to ask for money or permission to do things or to drive them wherever they need to go. And most times confidently, I do say yes. But just like a child can come confidently to approach their parents or grandparent, so can we come confidently and approach our God. Hebrews 4.14 So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God and there we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So wherever you are today in your walk with God, maybe you yet don't know Him yet, Maybe in the lead up to Christmas and you've got some questions and you're wondering who He is. Even today as you're watching these baptisms of people making such a public decision to say yes for Jesus. Can I encourage you as you're wondering and you're questioning and you're hearing about the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, that you will come confidently to Him because He is there waiting with His arms wide open for you. See, death on the cross, the sacrificial lamb, He died for you and we know that He rose again. But you know that guilt and that shame that you carry on the inside when you've done something wrong, wrong, sin? No one else can take it. No good works can change that. Going out the street and buying food for someone is not going to remove that that feeling. The only thing that can remove that feeling, take away the gate, the, the, um, the shame or the condemnation or the guilt is Jesus Christ. And it's coming to Him with a repentant heart saying, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done. I'm sorry, take away these sin. Take it away. He is the only one that can truly set you free and set me free. And because of that, we can now approach Him and come confidently before Him. And right now with every eye closed and every head bowed,